Ooh, we get college baseball regional action starting early. What am I on? I'm on ESPN2 right now. ESPN2? Yeah, Florida State in action this morning. Thank you, Connor. As I'm trying to wait, I don't know off the top of my head who Florida State's even playing. Oh, there we go. Uh, UCLA? What a start. Is this an old game? How's Florida State and UCLA playing in the first round of the is baseball regional? Um, that's in the Auburn regional where Auburn is the one. Um, UCLA is the two. Florida State's the three. And Southeast Louisiana is the four. Tennessee, are they going to find a way to win this whole thing? Ah, man. They, done? You know, Cinderella story. They've kind of struggled this year to get the super great team. <laughs> I I will say this much. I don't know. I love college baseball, and we're getting into it in the top five stories of the day, big story number two. I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like this Tennessee team. They're fantastic, and I feel bad for whoever comes out of the Statesboro Regional that has to see them in the Super Regionals, but everyone's beatable. That fan base is, I mean, they are jacked up about what Vols baseball is doing. Should be. All right, so what do you say? Let's get after it. Top five stories of the day brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where the real gamers come to play. Big story number five. Number five. We haven't spent a lot of time on it tonight or today or this afternoon or this morning. But what a game. What a bounce back last night from the Boston Celtics. Over the shoulder pass. Marcus Smart. Left side three. Good night. (laughs) Dagger. Good night. 40. What was it? 4018 in the fourth quarter? Yeah. I mean, just clubbed them in the fourth. Boston takes a one game to none lead. They'll play game two sometime in the middle of next month right. uh, to make sure. We our, think this year to we... make sure our soft NBA players get plenty of rest before their next game. Um, Boston wins it one twenty one oh eight. Here's Steph Curry. Just couldn't get enough stops and you know let let lead melted away in the fourth. So it's uh, there's a lot of bright spots to how we play. Got to get over the tough feeling of letting one slip away. Jason Tatum. Uh, the message in the, the start of the fourth was just, you know, we've been here before. Um, you know, we we know what it takes to, to overcome a deficit like that. Um, obviously, that's a great team. You know, it's not going to be easy. But um, just knowing that we've been in that situation before um, and we've gotten ourselves out of it. Um, and we had a lot of time left, right? So, you know, it wasn't time to hang your head or be down. It's time to figure it out. And now... How will Golden State respond? They've, in the past, of course, been dealt losses in the NBA Finals and responded well. Boston, fat and happy after one road win. Are they cool with the split, or are they trying to really put the hammer down early in this NBA Finals? We're going to see. You know, Right here in this market, we saw Oklahoma City once upon a time win a game one and then lose four straight. Sometimes that can happen to teams was that, that was that which was that San Antonio? No, no, no. That no, was it was State. against Miami. Miami. That's right. That's right. That's right. In the yeah, NBA won finals. finals, won the first game, lost Bro. the next four. Okay, so that's a classic. That's a classic old school. Because what year was that? So that was twenty twelve. I was doing a radio show in Tul- Well, I mean, we're still on in Tulsa, but I was doing the afternoon. That was a show decade ago, right? Ten years ago. Um, Holy! Smokes. And I'll never forget after game one, we were I. I don't. I think we. Had, it was might have been texting. Twitter wasn't a big deal yet. Might have even been an email, and someone hit us up and said, "All right, Oklahoma, 
We're going to win a championship. You need to learn how to act. No writing, none of this, blah, blah, blah. It's over. And spoiler alert, it was not over, Josh. It was not over. And, by the way, you mentioned you win game one. We saw him get smoked in a game one against San Antonio, right? That's what I was thinking of. Yes. And came back and won that series. Mm-hmm. That's a good Spurs team. That was Kawhi and LaMarcus Aldridge. So we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously for Golden State, they have to. Got to defend home court and get this thing back even one apiece. Yeah. Big story. Oh, by the way, game two, I was being a little bit facetious, but Sunday night is when we'll play game two at 7 o'clock on ABC. It is the only Sunday game in this series. So, and then probably they won't play again until what? Wednesday. Wednesday? Oh, <laughs> my God. Sunday, Wednesday, Friday next week. They are traveling by uh, horse-drawn buggy to get from Golden State back to Boston, apparently. But I did – I very impressed. Very impressed with how they bounced back. Now, speaking of the NBA, real quick here, big story number four. Number four. I had a lot from the NBA and the NFL to kind of cram in here, so I just put them all in big story number four. Uh we brought it earlier, but if you weren't with us here on the Newcastle Top 5 Story of the Day, Newcastle Casino Top 5 Stories of the Day, Adam Silver talked about trying to improve the regular season yesterday. Is there a way to improve what to many people is a long regular season? And one of the, one of the ways we're thinking of doing that is an in-season tournament, something we've been talking a lot about. We're not there yet. We continue to talk to the competition committee about it, our team governors, the Players Association, to see is there a way throughout the season to create more meaningful games, more games of consequence, potentially a tournament that would arguably replace some of the regular season games, um, but would be more meaningful. Anything there that kind of, well, we talked about it earlier in the show, but I don't think a in-season tournament does too much. No, I think it's, you know, whatever. I guess it would be entertaining, but to me it's going to be viewed as an exhibition tournament. It will be not a source of pride for franchises. You'll get pointed and laughed at for winning that tournament, but failing in the NBA playoffs. I don't think it's any sort of a solution in terms of guys sitting games out, which is really what you're trying to fix. It's not going to change. I don't think you can magically fix it. Someone had tweeted in earlier, and I thought it was a, an actually a really good point of, hey, you just – Basically, chop a couple playoff teams, make these games more meaningful, let's go. Or, or rounds one and two, you get back to best of five series and you cut down some of the days off in between. It's just, you know, the NBA playoffs has gotten too long. It's, it's too long. I am I'm very intrigued by what plan they come up with. Because I think maybe chopping a few regular season games might be it. I'm not against potentially changing the format of the season, even me, even possibly shortening it a bit, if we can demonstrate that that's going to have a direct impact on injuries. I don't think you're ever going to find anything that's going to give you data that says that's the way to go, chop games. I just, I don't. Yeah, what you need is superstars that are going to play the full schedule, and I don't know how you get any sort of confirmation that's actually going to happen. Mm. You've created this culture where that's okay now, and trying to magically fix that, <laughs> guys are going to load manage. It just is what it is. It's not going to change it. Even, even Josh Wynn 
they make the decision to say chop games. You're still going to have people that want something else. Well, you chop games. Well, we're still having to do this. Oh, that just means that now LeBron James only has to play 50 games, <laughs> right? Kawhi's yep. only playing 45. All right. Um, and part of big story number four, I had this. Did you you hear what Tyreek Hill said yesterday? I did, yes. So, did you see what Andy Reid said yesterday? I, I did. Let me play Tyreek Hill first on uh, – Wanting to stay in Kansas City, and once the season was over, we reached out to the Chiefs and we said, "Hey, you know." By, by wanna, the way, by the way, want- by the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is Drew Rosenhaus talking about wanting to stay in Kansas City. And once the season was over, we reached out to the Chiefs and we said, "Hey, you know, we want to, we want to keep it going." Tyreek wanted to be there. You know, Tyreek wanted to be in Kansas City. That's that's but, you say that again. Oh, Tyreek wanted yeah, Ty- to be Tyreek in KC. Wanted to be in Kansas City. Wanted wanted to be in KC. We, we, we tried to do an extension with that. I don't know what was going on in that clip, but there was a lot to unpack. What did Andy Reid say? Well, Tyreek, there, there was another comment that he made too, which was basically he didn't like the way that he was utilized gotcha. in Kansas City. And Andy Reid was asked about it and he said, shock jock, shock jock to the guy that asked the question. He was not happy about it. He's like, you know, and I'm not surprised to hear that question from you. It's a dumb question, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, next question. I th- he was really kind of combative with the reporter. I don't understand how Tyree Kill couldn't like the way that he was used in Kansas City. There's no way that can be real. There's just not. I mean, that's just what you say when you leave. I mean, he was, and I don't. I he mean, was the leading receiver in for wide receivers and for the entire team without legitimately seeing an okay. offers sheet from Kansas City. I mean, it's just tough to say. The buzz out of KC is that it wasn't altogether far off at all mm-hmm. from what he got from Miami. So, you know, you can sit there and say you wanted to be in Kansas City, but, you know, you didn't want to be there that bad. All right, big story number three. Well, and by the way, one other big four. Um, Joe Girardi just got fired by the Philadelphia Congratulations. Forwards, so, um, all right, big story number three. Number three. All right, uh, uh hodgepodge a cornucopia of OU football news it's a big recruiting weekend uh consider this a tease 45 minutes from now uh please tell me Parker is in today so I think he is right Parker Thune is coming up at noon Steely and Thune at noon and Parker's been all over what appears to be a pretty strong guest list coming in for this weekend for Oklahoma pretty strong guest list and this is what we've sort of been tick-tocking to right not TikTok, the social media Correct. mogul. TikToking in terms of thinking there's going to be some commitments, thinking there's going to be some serious buzz building for Oklahoma this summer. It's the first Brent Venables camp. Seems to be off to a great start. And we'll see if there's not something by weekend's end or you know beginning of next week, end of next week. It's about time, though, right? I mean, we're still early, I guess. In the 2023 signing class, but starting to get to that point where not so early either. December will be here, uh, what, a half, a, half a year from now, which, mm-hmm. just to put things in perspective, it was half a year ago that Lincoln Riley left. So it can go by quick, and it's time to really start picking momentum up in this, this recruiting class. Three other quick notes um, for our man Kendall. Ben Harris has committed to North Alabama. 
So the Carl Albert, the Midwest City Carl Albert star is headed to North Alabama. Oh, it's Good such on him. a great day. Good on him. No more text messages. Yeah, about Kendall, ben what Harris. are we going to do, man? Um, Sweet relief. Meanwhile, uh, Joe Castiglione was at the Big 12's annual spring meetings and was asked about the future of OU Texas. Um, and I didn't really know that anything was up in the air. But, quote, one way, shape, or form, it will continue. Uh, AllSooners.com was all over that. John Hoover is out in those meetings. There will still be a game between our two universities in Dallas for the foreseeable future. Um, and, in fact, there was a note yesterday from, I want to say, Brian Davis, that they're working on renewing the deal with um, with Dallas, with the city of Dallas, and I guess specifically to keep it in the, in the cotton. Well, here it is. It was from Chuck Carlton, pardon me. Oklahoma AD Joe Castiglione said Wednesday the Sooners in Texas were talking with the city of Dallas about extending Red River, the Red River Showdown deal past 2025. Texas AD Chris Del Conte also backed the move to extend the contract, but with improvements to the Cotton Bowl Stadium. Yeah, the infrastructure of it, fan amenities, all that sort of stuff, it's got to improve. Has to. But I think if you polled – just the general Oklahoma and Texas fan bases, if you polled the public, mm -hmm. at least, I mean, percentage-wise, 7 out of 10 would say they want to keep it there. Is that low? Is that about right? Is that too high? I think that's about right. I mean, some people, we hear a smattering of Jerry World and, man, home and home would be great, but, man, you move that thing out of the Cotton Bowl and – all of a sudden the nostalgia is gone overnight. The home-and-home home would be sweet, yeah, when you get your home-and-home, home, but I don't know. I mean, that game's just supposed to be at the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, it's supposed to be there. All right. Um, oh, one other note. College football presidents are providing guidance to commissioners for the next round of playoff expansion talks. Uh, college football chair Mark Keenum said he hopes a format could be agreed to by next summer and feels oh my God. 10 of the 11 leagues would support an expansion model. By next summer. <laughs> I say if they can't come to an agreement by next month, we fire everybody and restart. Big story, number two. Number two. Today, OU Baseball squares off against Liberty. In fact, some of you will be losing us in the Norman area on our flagship KREF 1400 AM and 99.3 FM. Skip Johnson was asked during his meeting with the media yesterday about Peyton Graham and his illness. He's battling strep throat and how you keep that from spreading around a team. Yeah, I mean, uh, for sure. I mean, we took a precautionary two days ago when he got diagnosed. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a little bug. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for us is uh, uh, just trying to stay healthy as we go through it. I mean, um, I think he's fine. He was out there taking ground balls, hitting balls, and moving around really good. So it's, uh, uh, you know, we always, you know, we've got one of the best trainers and the best resources, the doctors and all that stuff. We're at the University of Oklahoma. We're not, you know, somewhere else. Thank God. I think that at this, uh, 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 these guys really care about these kids. And that's what it's about at the end of the day is just building that relationship and make, and they know that, uh, you know, our training staff, our spring cats, our spring staff, our coaching staff is going to take care of them. There you go. Um, 
315. All right, so the challenge of thinking you were going to host are feeling like you were put in a position where you could host and then not hosting. I think the biggest thing, uh, Austin, more so than anything, is, uh, uh, you know, we put ourselves in a position to host and it didn't happen. It's almost like you're you, you're sitting on the mound, you throw a pitch and the umpire, and you think it's a strike, the umpire calls it a ball. you got to move on. You can't sit there and dwell on, on things that uh, uh, you can't control. And so uh, um, for us, we're just going to try to control what we can control is take it one pitch at a time. And uh, uh, we talk about it. It's easy to talk about. It's hard to live at times. So I think the biggest thing we can do is just uh, uh, move on and do what we got to do. Uh, that's where the, uh, the NCAA wanted us. And uh, uh, God's got his plan for us. And so it's if it's to come to the University of Florida, that's great, man. Uh, we're not in control of that. We're in control of our response to how whatever happens, if the ball goes one way or the umpires go one way, we got to respond the right way and, and uh, uh, get to the next pitch. If you missed Skip with Toby this morning, uh, it is available right now on our podcast page. You can search KREF on any podcast provider and find it. Uh, we re-aired an interview earlier this hour, or last hour, too. If if you missed it, you can, I guess it, it won't matter because the game will be going on while that's Good luck on the to the Sooners. Page. Good luck, OU Baseball. How are you feeling about things for them? I think they win today, and I think they'll see Florida in the winner's bracket game. And probably if you win that one, you're going to emerge as the Gainesville Regional Champion. And, you know, really from there, the way they've been playing this last month and a half of the of the season I like their chances I like their chances I think they're winning this regional I don't know that they're getting out of the supers so again um in nine minutes from now you'll be leaving us in fact we've got to get to big story number one number one number one number one because we're going to spend a good 10-15 minutes when we get back talking about the Oklahoma Sooner softball team and advancing in the Women's College World Series in the winner's bracket. Let's go! Day off tonight. Back at it tomorrow afternoon. 2 o'clock on ABC, though. You know what to do. Crank that sound down on the TV. Pop up that either terrestrial signal or the app. And we'll have you covered with OU and Texas. Round 4 of Red River. The Red River Rivalry. What's different? What's the key? Well, let's go in-depth with uh, Patty Gasso next. And all in on the Jordy Ball situation, too. It's Plank Show. All right, let's roll. Patty Gasso. A lot of stuff here to get to from post-game. Let's just scattershot a couple of thoughts after Oklahoma beats up on Northwestern 13-2 yesterday. Just really made some great adjustments. And... If you go back to our broadcast, DJ Sanchez talked about a lot. Adjustments, adjustments, adjustments. It's the key to this sport. And the Sooners adjusted to what Danielle Williams was doing and took advantage of it. So, I thought the hitters were on point. I thought Riley Boone provided that spark. As soon as as soon as soon Northwestern took a one-zip lead, you know, Boone leads off the inning by crushing one over the head of a very talented right fielder. And... GRA, the big grand slam, big fireworks. Uh, the Sooners as a team yesterday. How about this stat for you? Um, they hit 556 with runners in scoring position. 
They were five for nine with runners in scoring position. With a pair of grand slams. Two grand slams. They <laughs> they hit four twenty nine with two outs, and their leadoff batter reached three of the four innings. By the way, they also hit seven fifty with runners with the bases loaded. <laughs> I mean, they, two grand slams helps that out quite a bit. But six more two out runs batted in. Um, by the way, uh, they do even put RBIs on the a statistical thing. So to that tool that literally loses his mind, anyone someone says RBIs, that's what they put on the actual offensive comparison. Um, they only left four runners on base, which is a stark contrast to where they had been over the last few games. Still winning and rolling, but gosh, what did they leave? Even in the 7-1 win over UCF, I'm pulling it up right now, the Sunday game, probably the Saturday game, I want to say it was like 11 runners that they left on base in that game. So, you know, even even in that, it's 12. <laughs> 12. They left 12 runners on base in that game. You want to talk about adjustments. How about that type of adjustment, right? So, that was big. Uh, Patty Gasso, speaking of adjustments, was asked about really good questions during this presser on adjustments. We just keep talking. We just have to keep telling them what the plan is because it's one thing to work on it, practice, and another thing to be standing on the biggest stage and seeing it in person. So um, just it was more about just trust what we're talking about. It's hard to sit, 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 wait. You know, they're not used to that. They like to go free and they like to go fast. So I was really proud of them. They did a really good job. And Riley Boone was really the catalyst of all of this. And um, it just kind of bled into everybody else. Everybody else knew, okay, I've got to change. I must change. And you started to see what that looked like. Um, getting that first win. Now, we know last year it took a little bit, lost to James Madison, had to fight your way through the loser's bracket, beat Georgia, beat UCLA, turned around, beat James Madison twice. But the key to getting that first win. We want to take the jet, private jet, straight to our destination. Um, it's big, the first game. Anybody will tell you the first game is really the biggest because um, it sets you up for now – which is glorious, thank you all the women back there that made that happen, that we get a day off and we get to refuel and rest and recoup and re, you know, one thing that's really hard about this is um, if you lose, you gotta go back and get your scouts and everything ready to turn around to play another game the next day. It's difficult. So I'm just, it, now, more than ever, it just really makes such a big difference. It can really help recovery and rest and so forth, but it also puts you on the right path um, so that you're not like, okay, we know we're playing tomorrow, we're playing the next day, we're playing the next day. So it, it's what every team wants. To, the way you want to start, this is what it looks like. Um, there you go. Um, that's kind of funny. I, I, I said, by the way, uh, Air Comfort Solutions texter was uh, sharing something that kind of kind of laughed a little bit. Caught I said, their eye. I said eight hole, and they didn't realize. I'm not the best with my enunciations on my T's. Last night, I went to a break, and I said this, and I literally thought I was about to get canceled. I'm like, we had 
to the bottom of the fifth inning, the Gators chomping all over the Beavers with a 7-2 lead or something, whatever it was. And I stopped for a minute. I was like, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, uh, thankfully, nobody, like, freaked out. Everyone understood it was a reference to the Gator chomp and not trying to get in trouble. But You weren't oh. trying to write some of the headlines we see at times. Gosh, I wasn't trying to be like Mr. Oh, they delivered like FedEx in the middle of a snowstorm whenever they had to turn right and they could only turn left. Whoever that guy was on the ESPN broadcast. Um, more from Patty Gasso. Just standing out there today, it is 1.30 on a Thursday afternoon and this place is packed and both crowds are – so that alone is just – no, I'm – I I will admit I'm the oldest. I think I'm the oldest coach here. I'm the oldest coach here. You know, I'm <laughs> the so I've seen it. I've seen it for a long time. I've seen it for 28 years. And to see where we are now, it's just like chokes you up because you're like, whoa, no way. Wow, this is unreal. And the cameras and the zip line and the everything. There's people everywhere. And, you're, you know, it's, it's unreal. Jordy, I'll say, I'll say it until <laughs> she's made differently, and and people see that you see that, and that's why you like this. You like the way she moves around the mound, the way she does. You like when she hangs her arm out that way. You like her enthusiasm. You like the way she rips her mask off when she gets what she wants. She's very athletic, and she is extremely focused. And to see her doing what she's doing today is the biggest victory that we've had thus far this season. That's awesome. Good good for Coach. Good for Jordy. That's – And, you know, somebody like me will sit Go here ahead. and offer opinions and this and that, but it was so good to see her back. I'm so happy for her. Wish uh, nothing but continued recovery and – success for the type of superstar that we know that Jordy is and can be. And Coach is right. I mean, it just – it's so infectious. Even yesterday, Jordy was stomping around trying, trying to get that one out. Okay. I want to share something with you guys. And I know sometimes it's like, don't care about your stories. Well, shut up. So it's kind of a thing at the Women's College World Series. And anytime you play at Oklahoma City, the Sooners, you have a walk to go down a hill – to head to the locker room. And usually Patrick Dunn is down there taking pictures. And I got, you know, Dane Summer, the um, the strength guy. You know, Jake, Jake's down there. Those, those are my guys. Or at least they allow me to make me feel like I'm as cool as they are, even though I know I'm not. And you'll people will walk by and you'll kind of – some will be like, hey, what's up? Others, do you see their focus? And you'll be like – so it was in a mode yesterday where everyone was like, as I was walking, I was like, hey, what's up? I'm, what's up? What's up? So I see Jordan, I'm like, what's up, Jordy? And I just saw this focus where she didn't hear anything that I said. And it was just, dude. And I got pretty fired up. I'm not going to lie. It was like, let's go. And then – so um, Patrick Dunn, who's always in the booth with me, was – well, at least whenever they don't say, hey, you need to be down here. But he's always usually always in the booth with me. And he saw – I didn't see when Jordy first went down to warm up. And, in fact, it was hard from our angle. You can see the visiting team's bullpen easy. But the home team's bullpen, you can see one side of it, and Jordy was throwing on the other side, so you're kind of blocked. And he had consistently said, Jordy's down there throwing. And I'm like, I can't see her. And I don't know if the TV cameras ever caught it either, did they? 
If they did, I apologize. You guys can call not, me a dope. But, not that I recall. But I'm not staring either at the TV broadcast, and usually our feed is ridiculously delayed. Um, but with that said, as I'm, you know, I'm pretty fired up to see that opportunity. And when when that call was made to the pen and she was she came out of the dugout, that was the glass shattering and stone cold Steve Austin uh running down the ramp. I mean, it was just it was incredible. And I don't know if it truly got captured as loud as it was in person, but it was it was a really cool moment. Now, let's have a real talk. Does this mean Jordy starting tomorrow against Texas? I don't think so. Does it mean Jordy could be in the circle on Monday? Maybe. I it's still a process and I get it we just expect everyone to be able to bounce back and be 100% and ready to go. But that's just not the reality of it. I mean, she it's going to take some time. Her I know that someone was I don't know if it was to our show or to Tilby shows earlier. I think they said, oh, what was up with the radar gun not being on consistently? I I don't know. I have no idea. But suddenly it started working late and it wasn't working early. And there wasn't anywhere you could see it inside the stadium either. But this is also a player who hasn't pitched in a game since May 6th, right? And that is, you know, again, it's in that timeline to where it's June – is today the second? The June third. third. Thank you. Where it's June third, so it's in that timeline, but there's still a process, and she's starting to throw more. And you got to get the MPH where it needs to be, and you've got to get what's talked about a lot in in our sport, the spin rate where it needs to be. And if she can get it, look out. But it's just it's hard, and you and I probably get a little bit more over the top concerned whenever we see. Uh, Northwestern, or yeah, Northwestern got a couple hits on her late. But what was it was the stuff. What was reassuring to me though is there wasn't anything that was really barreled up. I know that's maybe a little bit homeristic, but still, she's. It's the first step in a process. Now I got to admit I'm part of the problem because I came on here yesterday and I said if she can go, you start her. But even I have to pause and realize yes, she's essentially superhuman but there's even a when adrian peterson tore his acl and was back like what you know three months later there was still a process to get in shape and get ready and And probably that wasn't really the right decision even for him at the time so what does it mean for oklahoma going forward with jordy ball we'll see it's not a bad thing it wasn't great. She wasn't shutting people down. She wasn't striking them out. It was a little different, but I think it's a step in the process. Yeah. I just – I, you know, I don't know that she was trying to totally rev the engine up yesterday, but I need to see that other gear before I'm super comfortable trying to toss her out in, in big moments throughout this WCWS. The, it, it looked like there was – a gear missing sure for Jordy yesterday which is understandable I mean look it is it is what it is I'll tell you this much man she was waiting for that opportunity <laughs> oh no doubt uh meanwhile uh, one more and then we'll break you've seen Texas um you've seen a lot of Texas 
Is it a benefit going against a team that you've seen a lot? I think it's a benefit. We know what we're dealing with. We know what to work on. We've seen it three times. Um, yeah, I definitely think it's a benefit. There's no surprises here. Um, all right. We got more. Anything else you want to add to it? We'll do it next. A little news with Josh. Gosh, this show's over. And your Air Comfort Solutions text have been absolutely on fire. It's the Plank Show. I had a laugh um, from the 918 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Glad to see Jordy Ball even when she's geared uh, – glad to see Ball even when she geared it down to give the Cats a chance to hit. <laughs> um, from the 281, I thought they said no crossover brackets this year. Loser of Game 7 and Game 8, both crossover. Yeah, I was – told originally that the the idea was there was a miscommunication and I don't know if there is a there was actually going to be no crossovers and then all of a sudden people kind of freaked out but it's Again, I, I, they made it seem like there was just a miscommunication between everyone involved. That there was a wording in a press release that led people to believe that they were not going to have any uh, crossovers this year. And indeed they are. All right, you want to uh, hit a couple more of these texts? I found a cool way to organize our texts. How do you do that? You click on it, and you send it to the prep page. Huh. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, Air Force Joe. Good morning, guys. Why was the pitch speed not being displayed yesterday? Have a great day in Boomer. So was – before you jump into this. Go ahead. On site, they weren't showing the pitch mm-hmm. speed a lot. No. Was it hit or miss when they were showing it? They were some, but not all the time. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think I ever saw it in stadium. Now, someone that was there might have. I just saw it on ESPN late. Okay. I didn't see it at all during the morning. Because that's that's what I was going to say. During during Oklahoma-Northwestern, they didn't have the pitch speed at all at any point in the contest that I can remember. And so I was thinking that if – they didn't have it. Probably they were linked up to the scoreboard. Maybe. And if the scoreboard didn't have it, then obviously the television broadcast wouldn't have it. That's a great question. I don't know. Um, but I do know it was very frustrating with Jordy Ball, LG Sooner. ESPN hardly ever had the mile per hour showing all day, and I've wondered if they stopped doing it because it's always been there every pitch. No, no. They were doing it. I'll, I mean, we'll obviously watch tonight a little bit closer. Uh, for the, I keep saying consolations, loser bracket game. But I'm. it's just, I don't think it was working yesterday is the best way to put it. Uh, Jesse writes, if it only takes two innings to figure out the angles, we will run rule everyone. That's funny. That's, uh, that's me from asking the question about angles to JT Gasso whenever I was – Obviously not trying to say angles. What is it about Beth Moans and ESPN that anytime Oklahoma's trailing, like even in the third inning, oh, they're on upset alert. I don't know. Is it were they doing that? Oh yeah. Well, 
It's like they haven't even gone through the order one time. I know this. They love Patty, and Patty loves them. So for those of you that think it's like an anti-OU thing, and I'm saying this, no bitterness, okay, when I say this. There's none whatsoever. I'm not bitter about them coming and taking over the booth and me sitting in the concourse in 986-degree temperature. None whatsoever. But they're treated like freaking royalty, okay? They get the royal treatment, not just at the World Series, but when they come to Norman, they're treated like royalty. And they should. And they should be. But I don't I don't think that there is – I think they're trying to build up the drama is what I think it is. I know, but stop. <laughs> stop doing that. You're not it's, helping I mean, them. You're hurting them. When there's drama, there will be drama in the sixth or seventh inning. In the third inning, OU's not on upset alert. Stop it. What? They looked – they looked ridiculous yesterday. OU won 13-2. It was a run rule victory. Think about that. It's, it was ridiculous. You hadn't even gone through the order once. And I like Beth Moens. I think she does a great job on the play-by-play. Right. I agree. I'm just saying, I mean, something to think about. Stop it. You Here's- don't have to build drama for the sport. It will naturally unfold. Here's one thing to consider, too. Um. That okay? Can we off road here for? I know it's already eleven forty nine, and we got a break. And there's some too, too good OU Texas Texas. Thank, thanks for letting me get that out. Sorry. No, it's good. I, I, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad it's you a brought goose it up. moment for me. I, I don't really know how much of it is their own personal kind of takes. Now I I've done Westwood one now for two years, and I've got an incredible producer and and, and Larry and Howard Dinneroff. They're just phenomenal. And they give you a lot of really, really good stuff. And Larry is constantly, and he's like, "Hey, let, let, let's let's get Destiny to talk about this or uh, Hot Corner." Play. They're really good. And so I wonder, Josh, if they also have a producer that's like, "Hey, upset alert! Let's hit this. We got to get people thinking upset alert." So I understand that Beth and I don't know who was doing the game with her, Michelle Smith. Yeah, and, I, and uh, Holly was was no. Why no. am I blanking on? Oh, Jessica Mendoza. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right, two quick twi- – and then we'll get out of here. That's just me, though. Hold on. And, and again, that's right, Joel. They are in the entertainment business. That's right, Joel Manning. Uh, OU Texas home-and-home home series would not be a 50-50 crowd and would be just another regular home game where the visitors get 10,000 tickets. The atmosphere would be nothing like the Cotton Bowl. Uh, and then one more, Fort Cobb Sooner. Most of the people who want the OU Texas game moved do not even go to the game. The fans who go every year love it at the Cotton Bowl during the fair. Yes, it needs improvements, but you can never improve the atmosphere. I agree. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, but ding. I, I, I guess I didn't, I didn't realize, and maybe I'm not living on message boards like I should, or I didn't realize it was even a thing that people thought, oh, this needs to go home and home, or if that was a consideration. No, okay. it, it's just something people talk about. I don't okay. think anybody feels seriously about that. They just – I mean, the Cotton Bowl is decrepit in a lot of different ways. I mean, it desperately needs somebody to invest in fixing it. The infrastructure, the bathrooms. I mean, it's it's a terrible facility. But it's also uh, hosts like, what, two games a year? <laughs> I, I know, <laughs> but stuff. they're massive games. All right, quick break. We'll wrap it up next. Very soft here. Very calm to close. Final hour, as always. Welcome back, everybody. Everybody. 
Josh Elmer, Chris Plank, final hour brought to us by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Give Josh Tucker and the crew at Roof Tech a call for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. To our friend with the home theater, before we get out of here. Go ahead. I've tinkered some things around. Has it been any better about not blaring you away? <laughs> Would we rejoin from break or go to break? Right. It's naturally going to get that way a little bit with the bumper music. So, I mean, that's just kind of how that's going to be. I'll try to be more mindful of it. I appreciate it. That would be very nice. I, I have done some some work on my end, so let me know what you're thinking out there. Monday, when we come back, here's a prediction for you. Now, don't forget, um, if you lose tomorrow between Texas OU or Oklahoma, Texas, or Oklahoma State, Florida, you cross bracket. I think on Monday we're getting set for a Bedlam game. And here's why I think Florida State is a problem. Or, I'm sorry, Florida is a problem with the way they play. Um they they use the dirt. They're different and it's unlike any team in this tournament. And I don't Oklahoma State's a really good softball team defensively, but I just worry about a couple of mistakes here or there. Now, I, OSU can pitch it better than Florida, but I worry about tomorrow night between Florida and Oklahoma State. But I know this much. Um, that would be a fascinating potential matchup between Oklahoma State and UCLA <laughs> to see who could survive and then play Oklahoma on Monday. I'm not counting out the Sooners. All right. I'm not counting out the Bruins either. All right, we got to go. Steely and Thune at noon or next for Josh. I'm Plank. Have a great weekend, everybody.